What is going on, everybody? Pete Forsey, the podcast. I'm still in melancholy state right now. I'm still upset that football is over. The Super Bowl just concluded. You already know what happened. Chiefs, they are the reigning champs. They have taken Super Bowl 54, first one in 50 years. Kansas City rejoice. Chiefs Kingdom rejoice. You guys have gotten it done. We're going to be talking all about that. Mainly, we're going to talk, did the Chiefs win? Did the Niners lose? Which side of the coin I fall on? We're going to talk Tom Brady. There's been multiple reports since we last chatted about his future. We're going to specifically talk about Jimmy Garoppolo's future, how it relates to Tom Brady, and what the Niners should do with their cap space and Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. Additionally, we will hit on Patrick Mahomes and why I don't think, I don't think this will be the first of many Super Bowls necessarily for Patrick Mahomes. We got it here on episode 36 of the podcast. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. They have now won their second Super Bowl, first one in over 50 years in the 100th season. The Lombardi Trophy goes back to KC, where Lamar Hunt, the original owner of the Chiefs, then the Dallas Texans, started the American Football Conference It only seems fitting in this centennial year. So congratulations to Kansas City, the fan base, the organization, the players. You earned it. The one thing I really want to dive into, the angle I want to take, is while this was a great game, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. It was entertaining. It had picks. It had had points. It had turnovers. It had everything. It had sacks. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Let's not act like this was some big comeback because in the end it was a 10-point lead and you had the MVP, the best player in the league, Patrick Mahomes, playing quarterback. I do think it was impressive. Were the Chiefs dead in the water? Eh, As close as you can get. I don't think they were dead in the water, but they were stalling on offense. The defense did not look good. They were blowing coverages. They weren't as fast. They weren't as physical as the 49ers threw three-plus quarters. But it was only 10 points, and we know the Chiefs are a quick-strike offense. And for that, Mahomes turned it on. And when they needed him the most, he turned it on, along with the rest of the offense, and they got it done, and they win 31-20, to you already know, by the time you're listening to this. What I want to say is that Patrick Mahomes, the MVP of the game, had the worst game of his career. Say that out loud again. The worst game of his NFL career, and he wins the MVP of the Super Bowl. Now, if you're asking me, I would have given it, not to Damian Williams, I would have given it to Chris Jones. I think Damian Williams was more deserving than Patrick Mahomes. He had 17 carries, 104 yards, 6.1 per carry with a touchdown. Chris Jones, however, three batted passes, And while Brashawn Breland was the one for the interception off Jimmy Garoppolo early in the game, he was the one that provided the pressure. I actually have two guys ahead of Mahomes in this football game. Like I mentioned, Mahomes turned it on. He turned it on when they had about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter to get them the lead. They were down by 10 points at that point. But here's the deal. He did not play well at all to position themselves for this game. Mahomes, through the first three quarters, 
6.8 yards in attempt, four sacks taken, two interceptions, and two fumbles. That interception to Fred Warner, I couldn't believe that he threw that. That was the most unpatrick Mahomes like pass I had seen in his NFL career. I would not have given him the MVP. Again, did he help get it done for his team? Was it good enough? Absolutely. But this was the worst game of his career. And I'm not, you know, upset he took home MVP for me. I think those things are so arbitrary to begin with. And I'm not really one to lose sleep over it, but I know it's important to a lot of other folks. This was just the fact that he was a quarterback and there's a lot of dumb people. Uh, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of dumb people that vote on this stuff. Chris Jones, in my opinion, the MVP of this game, he played the most complete. He played the biggest uh, at the most biggest moments of the game, and he played it for the entirety of the game. He was sensational. Next in line would be Damian, and then I guess Mahomes after that. But was it an impressive comeback? Yes, I tip my cap to the Chiefs. But did they really win this, or did the 49ers lose it? That's always the question. I really lean on the 49ers choked on this one. I don't throw choke around lightly, but that was the story of this game. They had a firm grip on Kansas City. Let's get into that now on Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, and the debacle that the 49ers threw out there. The question to me, merely is not whether they choked or not. They definitely choked, the San Francisco 49ers. Was it Kyle Shanahan and his fault as a head coach and how he had his coaching staff lined up for the final eight minutes and 53 seconds. That's when the Chiefs took over and scored their touchdown to Travis Kelsey to begin the drive. Was it Kyle Shanahan or was it the players? I don't think without question that it is the players. Heading into the fourth quarter, through three quarters, 18 of 20, eight and a half per attempt. That was Jimmy Garoppolo and his passing numbers along, as we know, with the rest of the offense. 9 of 11 fourth quarter passes, Jimmy G was under pressure. 9 of 11 of his passes, he was under pressure. The Kansas City defense turned it on. How did Jimmy do on those 9 passes? 1 for 9, 20 yards, 2 picks under pressure. 1 for 9, 20 yards, 2 picks. Jimmy Garoppolo came up small. The offensive line for the Niners came up small. Steve Spagnolo, you know that he pressures. When they need plays on the defensive side of the football, speak Spagnolo, defenses, they bring the heat. And that's exactly what they did. Niners offensive line couldn't handle it. Jimmy couldn't handle it. And there will be those that say Kyle Shanahan with the Niners averaging 6.4 yards per rush that they should have ran the football. I'm sorry, but Jimmy Garoppolo threw it right into the hands of Chris Jones. What was it, the third and five to Kittle? That was an open play. He needs to hit that. He needs to hit that. And then on the next play, he doesn't see the receiver, throws it wildly, errant, and then they kick it back to Kansas City. They score another touchdown. They take the lead. They just came up small. I'm sorry. I do not put this on Kyle Shanahan. We can go into the uh, before the half. I didn't like that call necessarily. I tweeted it out. Do I get it? I do get it. You do not want to put the ball back in Mahomes' hands. I also thought it was a major indictment on Garoppolo in the interception that he threw to Breland. This this was really on the players. I'm sorry. I do not see this as Kyle Shanahan. I thought he played a, or excuse me, called a very good game. And I typically don't 
you know, totally put everything on a quarterback. Rarely do I do this. And I'm not doing it here. I've mentioned the offensive line, but Jimmy Garoppolo came up small. For as efficient as he was, and he wasn't playing outstanding, but he was playing efficient enough through three quarters, he really laid an egg. He really laid an egg, and we can talk about the defense and Robert Sala. They simply got tired. They were on the field too much. They were in a disfavorable position. Their defense, Nick Bosa had to come out of the game for a bit. Their pass rushers, were, I mean, they just they got tired by mere minutes. And you can say, oh, well, they're out of shape. No, they, just, they had to play too long. The one sneaky thing that no one's talking about is this punter. I think it's like a real Polish name. I forgot it. I'm not, I'm not even going to look it up because I don't care. But he punted the ball 40 yards. 40 yards. That's awful. He gave Mahomes down by three. He gave Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense the ball at their own 35. That's not good enough. That is not good enough. He punted from the San Francisco 25. No one is talking about this. I think the Chiefs punter, he had another punt earlier in the game. I think it was like 44 yards, which is right at his average with 18th in the league. You got to be better, man. I understand you haven't been good all year, but this is the Super Bowl. Time to elevate your game just like everybody else. No one's talking about that punt. I said it at the time. I was watching with a couple guys. They were really big on the Niners. They were just distraught when the game was over because, like me, they know some Kansas City people and they can't take the hysteria. Um, It's okay with me. I get it. But I said at the time, I go, that punt is awful. That's going to cost them. And that's exactly what they did. They took the lead on that next series. It would be 24-20, to and Kansas City wouldn't look back. Damian Williams would attack on that touchdown. I, 49ers choked this. I'm not putting it on Kyle Shanahan, however. I thought he called a pretty good game. I would have liked to have seen him be aggressive after not taking the timeout and letting the clock burn and trusting Jimmy a little bit more because you need to. When you play the Chiefs, you need to take those risks. It's just necessary based on how potent they are, i.e., we saw it at the end of the game. I would have liked him to do that, but I understand not wanting to mis-execute and they give the ball back to Mahomes and allow him to put the Chiefs on the board with a lead at halftime. So I get it, didn't love it, but in the end, I thought he called a sound game. Jimmy Garoppolo came up small, offensive line came up small, the offense had to be better, and they weren't. So with that being said, we now have Jimmy Garoppolo coming off a bummer of a performance for San Francisco, and his contract is interesting. He can be cut with only a $4 million dead cap for the 49ers. It would only cost them $4 million in their space to sign players. And it's interesting. He's young. He led his team to a Super Bowl along with a great defense. I would say he led, though. He, he was good enough during the season. I thought Jimmy would put up an MVP-type year. He wasn't quite that, but he had some big games in him. He had some not-so-good games in him. He was pretty much average the first half of the year, but I thought he had some high-level performances. And the question becomes, do you think you can upgrade? Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, is... You, you can't find him everywhere. I wouldn't call him an elite quarterback I wouldn't call him an average quarterback I think he is good borderline great almost there what I see right now 
I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to cut him and go all in on the soon-to-be 43-year-old Tom Brady. It's not that crazy. Tom Brady obviously is looking for weapons. You have that out in San Francisco. Obviously looking for a good head coach, Kyle Shanahan. Players love him. Good defense. Robert Sala coming back. Do you cut Jimmy G, run the risk of missing out on Brady, but pull put full excuse me, put forth your full effort to sign him? Jimmy Garoppolo, he has made twenty six starts in his six years. He's been in the league six years now, since twenty fourteen. He's only made twenty six starts. He's played in forty two games. He's a relatively young quarterback. This was his first full season being the signal caller for a team. So where do I land? I don't think he can do it with Brady. I obviously think as high as Brady as the next guy, I don't think you can do that. I think Jimmy Garoppolo still has a very high ceiling. I think you entertain it if you're John Lynch, but you really have to know going in. Is there real viability here? Will Tom Brady really want to come here? Yeah, he grew up in the Bay Area. That's not always a good thing, though. One thing about growing up in an area with a team that has a positional need at the position that the player that you're talking about is, is sometimes it's not always a good thing. David Fries, he wanted out of St. Louis. There's plenty of players that never want to play in their hometown. Would Brady want to do that? Who knows? I don't think you can run that risk if you're John Lynch. Do I think Brady would be an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo? I do. I do. But I just don't think you can run the risk of cutting Jimmy loose and getting the cap space ready and then ultimately losing out on Tom Brady. San Francisco has 21 in projected space. They might let Eric Armstead walk. They might let DeForest Bunkner walk. I don't think they will, but that would free up $7 million cap space and to make a move. For Brady, you would have to do that. And then Jarek McKinnon, who's on IR, he would free up about $4 million space too. So they can do some wiggle room here. I would not do it if I was San Francisco. I don't think it's worth the risk. Not for Brady, who you don't know what he wants. Jimmy Garoppolo, bad performance overall on Sunday. He's got plenty of good ones down the road. Okay, one thing I do want to get in specifically is Brady and his future. I know we've touched on this already, but there's been a couple more reports that came out over the weekend. One was that New England was prepared to offer Tom Brady anything in the realm of two years, $30 million per year on a very short but higher average annual value. And the more I think about it, despite the reports of John Gruden, and the rumor is, is that Tom Brady is his atop the free agent board for the Raiders. I don't think he's going anywhere. And I know we just talked about San Francisco. Will he want to go there? It just adds to the fact Brady, at this stage in his career, is he really going to play for John Gruden, learn a West Coast offense, something that's completely different from his four-wide, five-wide in New England under Josh McDaniels, who's coming back, by the way. Josh McDaniels is coming back for the Patriots. Is he really going to play for John Gruden with that horrendous defense, they had statistically one of the worst defenses in the last five years, the Raiders. They're awful. Linebackers stink. Defensive lines stink. Secondary, okay. They had their first-round pick out, Jonathan Abram. 
I don't think he wants to go to Las Vegas and play for the Raiders and the clown show that is their organization. Don't forget, outside of that 2016 year where Derek Carr uh, got hurt at the end of the year, but the Raiders went to the playoffs, the Raiders are one of the most dysfunctional franchises in the NFL. They are awful. Why would Brady want to go there? Why would he want to go to the Los Angeles Chargers? Yeah, they got some skillful players. Offensive line stinks. He's going to play for Anthony Lynn. Who is their coordinator? I don't even recall. They, they, they had that wide receivers coach takeover. Now, Brady, love him. I think he's a great player, but he can't coordinate an entire offense. you got to hire someone who's an adult in there, someone who's seasoned. I don't see any viable option, really, outside of the Patriots. Again, I named Indianapolis earlier. I think that's still an option. Saw some today that, that they like Justin Herbert in the draft. Will Brady want to play for the organization that tried to derail his entire career with the Flategate? I don't know. I think they make the most sense you know, on paper, but it doesn't seem like Brady would want to go that route. And the more I think about it, Josh McDaniel's coming back. Salary cap for the Patriots going to be there. Belichick knows he has to improve the team at the skills positions specifically. I think he ends up back in New England two years, front-loaded deal, about 35 to 38 guaranteed. While I don't rave about him in the same ways, left-handed passes, sidearm passes, no-look passes, that's what everybody loves about Patrick Mahomes. I rave about who he is as a guy, how advanced he is cerebrally. What I cannot stand is the Steph Curry comparisons, the question of how many more Super Bowls is he going to be at. People are throwing out three, four, five. Can we slow down for a minute? Again, I just explained that he had his worst performance ever and he took home MVP. I get it. He's really good, as talented as they get. But he's not the first one to demonstrate just innate talent along with refined skill. I remember plenty of quarterbacks who did that and who went to Super Bowls, and they never got back. One name, Dan Marino. I didn't see Dan Marino play, but I know he was as physically gifted as anyone that came before him. There's another guy currently playing. His name is Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't gotten back. There's also a guy who leads in every statistical category. Touchdowns, passing yards, passing completions, completion percentage. His name is Drew Brees. He hasn't been back. Slow down. My gosh, people forget that it's incredibly hard to get to multiple Super Bowls. The guys that did it in the AFC before him, Roethlisberger, three, two Hall of Fame head coaches. Bill Cowher just got inducted. Mike Tomlin, he's going to go. He's been to two Super Bowls. And he's only, people forget this, he's 44 years of age. He's going to be, he's got 15 more years of coaching left in him. That guy's going to the Hall of Fame. Brady, he's been to nine. Unprecedented. Why? He's got the greatest of all time on the sideline next to him, Bill Belichick. Peyton Manning, Hall of Fame GM. Bill Polian, he went to four. It is incredibly hard to go to multiple Super Bowls. Those three I just named, Hall of Famers. The other three I named before that who didn't get to him, also Hall of Famers. It is no shoo-in that you will be back. It is no shoo-in. 
We say Mahomes will be going to how many Super Bowls? Three, four, five. But what if Deshaun had made it? Deshaun Watson. Would you not be saying the same thing? Lamar Jackson, had they gone, would you not be saying the same thing? When Sam Darnold's in the playoffs, won't you be saying he'll be back for years to come? Guys, guess what? Only one gets to go out of the conference each year. Those three are in his conference for the foreseeable future. Slow the heck down on Mahomes. I think he's as great as anyone else that's come along. But we all know injuries at the wrong time, whether it's your team or injuries at the right time for the opposition, that paves the way for success. Drew Brees, his teams have had horrendous calls, horrendous officiating that have totally negated them going to the playoffs. That stuff happens. You have to factor that in. Not having the players around you. its There's so many things. It's a confluence of perfect events when you go to the Super Bowl. You have to have the head coach. You have to have the general manager. You have to have the health. I'm sorry, but I mean, this could be Patrick Mahomes' only Super Bowl appearance. It's not that unlikely. It really is not. Head, slow it down. Slow it down. Patrick Mahomes, I think he's great. I think he's talented. Enjoy it, Kansas City. Because you know what? It may be the only one. We were going to wrap up, was going to avoid baseball, but breaking news here on the podcast. You've already heard it by the time you're listening. Mookie Betts is a Los Angeles Dodger along with David Price in a blockbuster from the Red Sox to the Dodgers, also including the Minnesota Twins. And now I got a buddy texting in that maybe it's a fourth team, a four-team trade. We're going bananas, Major League Baseball. I love it. Tuesday after the Super Bowl, and you guys are getting back on the map. Okay, so a lot to dig through here. Joel Sherman of the NY Post slash MLB Network contributor. Dustin May is definitely in it. Okay, looks like he's going to Minnesota. Alex Verdugo is part of this trade from Joel Sherman. L.A. didn't want to move Dustin May as part of this, but one source said May is a part of it. So it looks like we got Verdugo and May. They are leaving the Dodgers, and they will be going to the Twins. And Mookie Betts and David Price, they're going to the Dodgers. So that's who leaves the Dodgers. That's who's going to the Dodgers. Have not seen who is going to Boston in this and who is leaving Minnesota. But either way, What's an aggressive move by the Dodgers who, of course, two world championship losses, maybe by covert operations. In fact, we know by one on the Astros, maybe two with the Red Sox, but now they're dealing with the Red Sox and the Dodgers now have the best player two the two best players in the National League, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts. I mean, this lineup is it's disgusting and in a good way. And what's funny is that the Dodgers already had the best team in the National League. Now they're just padding it on. They really want a world championship. And Andrew Friedman, who of course comes from the Rays, has to be market conscious. He just has the financial firepower to do what he wants. And giving up Dustin May, giving up Verdugo, they still are just deep in international prospects. They still have Gavin Lux that's going to be playing second base. They still have that new hotshot catcher. They're going to be nasty. Do I like it for him? I mean, I don't have the terms here. I keep refreshing 
I keep refreshing, and hopefully this will be announced by the end of the night. Jack Peterson would go from the Dodgers to the Angels if this blockbuster is completed. Oh my gosh, this is a four-team trade. I've never seen this before. So Jack is just going down the interstate, and he'll play with Albert Pujols and Mike Trout. So yeah, we got a four-team trade. There's a lot to weed out here, honestly. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to process it. I'm not going to be able to explain it, but we got Mookie Betts going to the Dodgers. Love it. Baseball is just around the corner. We'll be talking about that here soon. Until next time, thank you for tuning into the podcast. It was a great NFL season. It's going to be an even better MLB season. Check it out. Tell your friends. Subscribe, review. It's the podcast. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.